0: It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Try Haven Brand Soil Conditioners, Providing generations of gardeners with a truly all-natural alternative to chemical fertilizers with their line of composted manure and alfalfa teas. Easy to brew and use on all indoor and outdoor plants. Find them online at manuretea.com.
1: Hey friends, today I'm chatting with one of the busiest, most helpful, and most successful rose growers around, my good friend Ron Daniels. We're going to get some tips from Ron, of course, but there's something different I want to talk about with him, too. I've been wondering why PBS sent photographers to his recent open garden. Hey, Ron, welcome back to Roast Chat.
2: Uh, glad to be back with you again, uh, Teresa, uh, down here in dry, hot Tennessee. I mean, we had not <laughs> had any rain in, here at my house in about six and a half weeks. And uh, so it's been uh, I'm on uh, survival mode with my roses, just keeping them alive.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll probably talk about that at some point yeah. in our chat today. Just what people should do uh, during a drought. But few people in the rose world have helped more people grow roses than you. And I'm just wondering, are you back to speaking to garden clubs and master gardeners again? You know, we took a break there with covid.
2: I am uh actually I've already yesterday I spoke to a group <laughs> up in North of me here in Clarksville Tennessee. Uh it was a combination of a couple garden clubs and uh they were uh, one of them was over 50 years old and a uh, pretty neat group of people. They're kind of like master gardeners but they're not. They do uh, s- uh small projects and promote gardening. So I had a good time with them yesterday and I've spoken uh about that was my 16th time this year. And kind of slows down a little bit in the summertime when it gets hot. But this spring, I was real busy. And uh, it's good to get back out there and get around gardeners because, you know, during the virus, uh, you know, uh, you can do a few Zooms uh, uh, and go to meetings and stuff like that. But it's not like being around uh, gardeners. And uh, most all of them are great cooks, which (laughs) I enjoy because they all bring uh, snacks and stuff. So, but uh, (laughs) it's – they were real – I've been kind of using my this particular this year to recruit for the National Rose Society, and and we've had some good success already six months in with oh, the society, which I think we may talk a little bit about. But but uh, uh, you know I just feed off them. I learn when I, when I go out and do these presentations, I learn just about as much as they do because you know you think you've heard every question, but uh, not really because there's people come up with things you never thought about.
1: Was. Absolutely. That is so true. And um, uh, I've done a little bit of speaking, not nearly as much as you this year, but what I have seen is an energy about it that I didn't see before. People are really excited. They're really wanting to do more in their gardens. So it's just a real exciting time around here.
2: Absolutely. And you're right. You know, we had that two years where we are just kind of surviving in the gardening world. But uh, you know, and of course, you know, being where I am here, north of Nashville and with this area growing, it just, it amazes me, uh, the people that's moving into our area and, and going to our website. And, uh, uh I always remember what Chris told us years ago about how important boy was he, was he right to, uh, to have mm-hmm. a good website for people to find you. And mm-hmm. you always saying that too, you gotta be, they, they gotta be able to find you. Absolutely. And and it is actually working here. And, uh, with, uh, I think, We've had twenty-five to thirty new members in the last six months.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean,
2: unbelievable, and that uh, we've had—we can't believe how many people are moving here from California, and uh, and they all uh, just—they all grew roses out in California, and they, of course, here in Zone Seven, they, you know, we—it's a little bit different. It is in Southern California, as you well know. (laughs) So, uh, but it's it's fun to teach them how we do it here. Oh, uh,
1: my goodness. They're going to have questions. You know, you can you can plant a broom handle in California and it'll grow a rose. You know, those of us in Zone 7 and up here where I am in 5B, it's a little bit different.
2: Uh, Definitely. Definitely. So that's been fun. And, you know, when you get around uh, people that grow roses in other parts of the country, it's always interesting to me because they just all have different ways of getting to that to that rose. And, uh, but, uh, so I told him and I did a workshop for him a couple of months ago and I told him, I said, you know, I'm gonna learn a lot from you guys too. I said, you know, and some have been growing roses 20 and 30 years. Yeah. So, so it's pretty cool and it adds a lot to your society when you bring in people that's got experience and, uh, you know, that are more than novice. And, absolutely.
3: Uh, so absolutely. I, I'm
2: still excited about it. Uh, and all uh, me and, uh, John Winter, my co-president, we are. Schedule to uh, concession <laughs> concession out of the the road society. Not be, we're going to still be involved, but we've been uh, co-presidents or vice president presidents for five years, which is very unusual for the National mm-hmm. Road Society because we usually serve just two years.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, it's been fun. Uh, but it's going to be hard. We had a meeting yesterday about it. it's going to be hard to find uh, some more leaders. You know and. Yeah so but we're going to be there we're going to yeah. be there supporting them and whatever we need to do but you know you need to change every now and then just like we you know like uh me and John took over 5 years ago you know and we we've done a lot of things and we've grown and uh we grew down the virus and we continue to grow and it it's fun
1: it sure is um uh, we had our first public event um as you know i'm on the board of the indianapolis rose society and yes. we had our first public event which we call rose fest we've not had it for three for yeah since covid and those years kind of mount up and so we had it it was our most successful ever i think we had a, over 150 people come and we had um we had an ars rose show which it had been five years and we had you know, somewhere around ten people to join our society. So really? those kind of public events. Plus, there was just a lot of energy in the room and a lot of excitement. And we had roses to give away thanks to proven winners. And it was just a really fun day. We promised them a day of roses and boy did we deliver. It was a good day. And but it was just, you know, we're we're charged up by their enthusiasm.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we're back at Cheekwood now, Botanical Gardens. And oh, we, had, nice. we, I mean, we we've been there back and forth from there to Belmont, but we're back there permanently now. And uh, so we're having our first row show in late September at Cheekwood in five years. Mm. So we're excited about that. And uh, they've remodeled uh, Buchanan Hall there. And you, I think you and Chris have been in that building before.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. yes.
2: And uh, you would know it now because they've remodeled it, and uh, it's it's going to set up great for we're having our district, and also we'll have you know the ARS president is coming to speak to us uh, in late September at, at this row Show.
1: Oh, that's fabulous. It's
2: so I have, exciting. I have not met her yet. I've talked to her on the phone and through emails, but I have not met her. And uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I've been telling my members, I said, how many times can you come to a row Show and meet the president of ARF?" <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right.
2: It'll
1: be a good, good time. Good yeah. time. Now, let's talk a little bit about your garden. For our listeners who are not familiar with your garden, describe your garden.
2: Well, you know, I have a lot of Master Gardener friends and, of course, Rose friends. And I had this lady, and she's actually, I mean, she's actually a landscape designer. I didn't realize she did much of this, but she's actually a Master Gardener. And uh, I met her some years ago, and she visited my garden uh, this past spring. And, and she sent me this email And she described my garden that I've never even thought about. You know, people, you know, when you work in a garden, you really don't think about how it (laughs) looks to everybody else. And she told me, she said, I'm going to tell you what you've done. And I said, what's that? She said, you made a country estate out of a suburban garden. (gasps) And I never thought about it that way. And uh, my garden is very accessible to uh, walk through. Uh, I have, you know, every variety of, of types of rose, every type of rose in the garden and uh but she said that uh the way I laid it out and and the way I built it and I had that garden this garden out here in my mind for years and years at this point in time in my life when I you know I got to the age I am now where you know make it easier to, to work in mm-hmm, Absolutely. but, but I, I thought that was a pretty good description of of what it is and she uh, she's a very intelligent person and very into gardening and, and into design, you know, and she said, yeah, you made a country estate out of a mm-hmm. suburban garden.
1: I love that. And I love that you have something for everyone um, as far you have visitors to your garden and you've got all the different kinds of roses. And I love that you've made it accessible not only to work in, but also for people to come and learn from.
2: Absolutely. And this is my third garden in my lifetime, my third Rogues garden. I've uh, been this year I've been growing roses thirty years and uh but this has been the most social. I'm mm-hmm. on a corner and yeah. uh it just you know you can't drive by out here without seeing it. And uh and so it's been I've had people pull in here uh with uh, people I don't even know pull in the driveway, say, Can we walk through your garden? And mm-hmm. they'll have people that maybe are terminally ill. And have maybe yes. two weeks to live, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this didn't happen over two gardens. Oh. And then I've had, you just cannot believe, I have people. I had an open garden in May, um, the 21st and 22nd of May, and I had people that come that drive by here uh, that never have stopped, and they did. I put signs out in the yard and everything. Oh. And they came in, and uh, she said, I've been driving by here for three years, and I've been wanting to come in this garden. So I met a lot of people. I had over 300 people that weekend.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: 270-something on Saturday, which was a very hot day. Sunday it cooled off, and it had about 70 to 80 people. Oh and, uh, but it was a lot of people that never had been here. And wow. that, was, that was pretty cool to have to meet people. And did, when I speak, when I go out and speak, what I'll do, uh, uh, I'll get, of course, get the president's email address of the clubs or societies or whatever. And what I'll do when I have one of these open gardens, I just send them an email invitation mm-hmm. and they'll come. So I had people come all the way from Mayfield, Kentucky, all wow. the way from Orangeboro, Kentucky. I had people coming from from uh, 80, 90, 100 miles away where I've been speaking over the last several years. And so that kind of builds it up uh, as far as people coming. Then I always have my rose friends that come by. And we had a lot of our new members uh, that we had joined in the last two or three years that come to my garden that never been here. And I think it's very important for a new member to see roses growing, you know, and see a variety of ones where you can – they can say, "Oh, I'd like to grow that rose. Oh, yes. I like that rose. Tell me about that rose." So, um, my daughter uh, Caitlin does not allow me to go in the garden when I have open garden because she said I get in there and start telling all these backstories uh, about the roses, <laughs> and I miss people. So I stand at the gate. I have one entrance Aww. and stand right there. So, but it, it's real. It was it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I uh, have open garden. I'll have another one, uh, late September, early October. And uh, and, uh but I have two a year and it's always good because I get to see people that, that, you know, we have the same thing in common and they bring yes. people, they bring people with them, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. their relatives and kids and stuff. So it's pretty fun.
1: For the work we put in our garden, those moments when we get to see other people enjoying it, it's just so special.
2: Yeah. You just had one, didn't you? you I had a- did. And yeah. it was so
1: special. And I had people that surprised me that came from groups that I had spoken to um, this past year and I was like oh my goodness I mean you know one is a group that they wanted me to come and speak about roses but they weren't particular gardeners or anything but but you know they garden a little maybe but you know so I said well if I have an open garden I'll invite you and I did but never expected them to come it's just very special when they do and you get to see your garden through their eyes or you see them take something away that they want to add to their own
2: garden. And the biggest compliment they after you do a presentation, then when they come to your garden, the biggest compliment you can get, they'll they'll email you or call you or text you or a picture say, I try to I I'm growing two roses now. Yes. <laughs> two rose bushes. That's something I may have recommended, you know. And mm-hmm. that to me, that's how we all got started. <laughs> yep. We, we yep. all get two or three and get started. Next thing you know, we got more. And we have gardens like you have and I have, and, and but but that that's the part of, of kind of the reward part of doing this hobby is to see people get turned on to it. Mm-hmm. Never would try to grow. I've had people come up to me and she said, "I never would grow a rose if you didn't make it sound so easy to do." <laughs> I said, well, you help them?" I try to be truthful with you. There is some work involved in it, and uh, but the reward is big. And uh, but you know, I feel like this. You know, people can grow. Uh, grow roses at all different kinds of levels. They don't have to just grow 150 like I do or like you do. I mean, mm-hmm. they, 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 can grow them. At, they can grow three or four mm-hmm. and they can, they don't have the room. They can grow them in containers. So uh, I think you can enjoy roses at all different levels. And, and I try to, my garden out here, everything's labeled. Everything's got ARS rating on them. Uh, and if you want a backstory, I've got some backstories. As my son said, it's useless information, but, People love to hear about Peggy Martin.
3: Yes, Uh, they do.
2: Yeah, and then when we did the PBS show, we kind of capitalized on that. We went to certain. uh, If you ever did a been involved in a filming of anything, uh, it's uh, you know it's it it, it's not like you think it is. They just don't take the camera and go through the uh, the garden with you and you talking. They do it in segments, and then they edit it. You know, and then you think you know, you may film an hour, hour and 10 minutes. And they only, they only show 10 or 15 minutes. So,
1: so to tell us about that experience, I yeah. saw the pictures and there were photographers in yeah. your garden.
2: Yeah, that was pretty so cool. That,
1: that looked cool. pretty cool. Tell us about it.
2: Well, uh, when I was at the and garden show in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, back in March, uh, you know, for two years, they didn't do a lot of filming for this show. It's called volunteer gardens. The one number one garden show in the country on, it's on PBS. Uh, the local PBS station is NPTB, Nashville Public TV. and But what, they have two of the best uh, 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 public uh, public shows, uh, broadcasting shows in the country. But Volunteer Garden has been around, um, I think, around 30 years. And so I've done two segments in it back in 2010 and 2007. You go on YouTube and find them. And they were going to do it in 2020. Uh, They've come to this garden here. They've never been here. And I know the uh, uh, producer of the show and and all and and she called me. So I seen her at the lawn and garden show. She said, "I need to come to your garden when I need to be there." And I said, "Well, uh, probably the third week in May and right before I have my open garden." So they showed up here, and so she called me right before and said, "All my hosts are, are you know, they all busy? A lot of the a lot of the hosts do it part time. They have other jobs." And, uh, so, uh, but I had this lady that done one to two for me last year, uh, that, uh, I think would be good for you. And I said, what's her name? And she said, April, April Moore. I said, I know her. Oh. She's a master gardener. I mean, it, it's like in, in, in Nashville in Davidson County. And I said, I know her, I know her well. I mean, she grows a little bit of everything. I'm just, you know, she's kind of a person that just, you know, she just don't grow a rose or two. She, she grows roses and vegetables and she just got to go to her garden. And it's just, Anything you want, blueberries, whatever. And so uh, I said, this is going to be fun because this is a friend of mine. And so she was a little nervous about it, and she called me the night before, and I said, well, I'm going to tell you what the first host told me when I did the first show back in 2007. Her name was Sally Reynolds. And she said, I called her the uh, the day before, and I said, Sally, I said, do we need to rehearse? She said, no, honey. Pretend we're dancing and I'm leading. So (laughs) – that kind of relaxed you right there. So I told April that. She said, that is awesome. And I said, we're dancing and you'll lead in April. You just, you just, I'll just, you're the host. And she, that's just relaxed her. So when she come that day, she was, we're just like two friends in the garden.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's so
2: the uh, producer kind of, kind of seen that. She said, after we did a couple of seconds, we said, you guys, it's just like y'all out here gardening. Uh, both of y'all taking care of this garden. <laughs> I said, yeah. well, she, she knows a lot about it. And all. So that was fun. That was real fun to me. And it's always more relaxing when you're around somebody that, that you have something common with. And plus, that understands what you do, and, you know, in and gardening. And, and all. she's been to some of my workshops. And so it was just real easy to do. So they filmed it. And that was on a Friday, the, the 20th. And uh, it's going to air probably next month. Uh, like everything else out there, uh, you know, they have uh, public broadcasting they depend on funds of course and uh, donations and uh and all that so uh, they have to wait i think the 30th they they get a chunk of money and then they'll edit it and probably show it in july Mm -hmm. so i'll let you know uh, when it shows and 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 all but 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 basically what we concentrated on uh, a few few local uh, hybridizers like uh robbie tucker and Mm -hmm. and uh, david clemens i've got his roses out here and uh, of course, Peggy Martin, her story. So, uh, so it's going to kind of be on that line. Well, they, they just took and filmed roses, different, you know, uh, with with some stories behind them. So I think it would be a little different than I've done it before. I, I, the ones I've done it before, I did one on types of roses, and then I did one on, uh, you know, just a garden in general. And so, but it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good.
1: Um, it reminds me of the experience three years ago, right before COVID Garden Gate magazine just happened to be in Indianapolis. Someone told them about my garden and and yeah. very quickly they said, can we come by? So they didn't, you know, promise anything. It was, you know, like I had a couple of days notice. Um, and, um, so they didn't say they were doing an article or anything. They just said they were coming by. And so they came by and saw my garden and decided they did want to do an article and, um they came back with the photographer the next day Unbelievable. so just having them walk through my garden and ask me questions and yeah. you know there was no pre arranging so yeah. but that uh, because of covid and things slowing down and everything my article was released in january in garden oh. gate and you never know you said you know you, is, you that the,
2: is that the one that you told me to go look for like in Lowe's? or Yes yeah. the, the
1: garden gate I've magazine got
2: that. I've got there
1: and um, and then when, when I saw the article, and you don't know exactly what it's going to be or what they think, yeah. back to what other people see as your garden. And so I think the title, I don't have the, the magazine in front of me, but I think the title was A Rose Lover's Retreat. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I'm more out in the country, um, not really out in the country, but it gives that effect kind of in my garden, but anyway, so it's just, it is kind of, it's just very special when someone is in your garden and they're looking at it from that oh, standpoint. Like. So absolutely. your garden is beautiful, but let's talk about some tips to help all of our gardens be more beautiful. So what do you do? Give, give us a few tips well, on when what I'm, makes your garden successful. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've been growing roses quite a, you know, I've been here eight years. This, this is my third garden. And so one of the things, and I always, you know, I always when I the other houses I was at, I've kind of inherited space, inherited someone else's uh, garden, kind of, mm-hmm. and added to it. Uh, but this one here, I had a blank cam- canvas, wow. mm-hmm. and so Francine, she kind of, uh, uh, kind of designed the house inside, and and it's kind, it's a Southern living's home, so it has a lot of windows, and I said I want to be able to sit in the sit and eat breakfast and see my roses or sit in the den and see my roses so we put a lot of windows where the garden is my house faces mm-hmm. west and then i have uh then the sun comes up on in my gardens on uh, the east south uh southeast so I get summer sun uh morning sun and then get sun on most of the garden at two or three o'clock in the afternoon which is perfect mm-hmm. and so it dries off quick so that location was very important to me and that should be important to anybody building the garden because a lot of people, uh, they'll go, especially new people, uh, they'll, they'll go and start growing roses and they'll walk into a meeting. So I'm not getting any flowers and they'll show me pictures. And the first question they asked me, I said, what's your sun? How much sun you get? Well, not a lot. And I said, well, what side are you put in and they'll be, they, they planted their roses on the North side of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's very important. The location, because that determines, uh, what kind of success you're going to have. And then I spent a lot of time and energy out here before I did my hardscapes it, uh, about, you know, and you know how I am about soil. Uh, so I have all amended soil out here, about 20 something inches, raised beds and uh, have no native soil here, no Tennessee clay. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I think that's the secret. A lot of times what people do, they'll go and buy rows and they'll plant it, whatever ground they have. And here in Tennessee, we have a lot of clay, and not a lot of good topsoil, and it does good for the first year, but the second year it gets out of that. Uh, I always say it gets out of that three-gallon pot uh, container. You know, other words, the root balls in there when they when they plant them in the ground, it gets into that clay, and then they not start not having very good roses. So I'm a I, any new member. I always encourage them to amend their soil or try to plant it because you're going to spend a lot of time. Or if that rose, and you might, you got to have good soil. So I think that's the second thing uh, that you need to really concentrate and spend your time and energy on. And a lot, of, and you can take existing soil and mend it, uh, but it takes a little bit longer. If you start out with good soil, all you got to do is keep it healthy. And then, uh, and then the third thing uh, that I always tell people, you know, the water source, uh, especially right now. I mean, we're going through a drought here. Every day. I mean, today it's it's hundred degrees. And, uh, and then uh, we've had no rain here. And, and I mean, everything, I mean, it's we in survival mode. I tell the members at the last meeting, I said, we're going to be in survival mode. I said, email to all of them. I said, listen, you're going to have to water all your containers every day. And you probably going to have to deep soak your, your roses if it are in the ground, at least every other day. And some of the members are doing, are watering their roses every day. And, and so, you know how it is when it's hot uh, you, uh, they produce buds fast they're small and the flowers are small if they open up so w- there's only one good positive thing about the strout the Japanese beetles cannot get out of the ground and so we hadn't had too many of them at all and here we are almost the end of June and I've seen two or three and that's been it So
1: same thing here It's we've not had any rain and I'm thinking as much as I want the rain I don't want the Japanese no beetles to no.
3: emerge
2: even though, but I don't care. And then, then, the, then the, uh, the next walk, the, you know, I have a water system here, a Wi Fi drip water system, but there's nothing like a good rain. No. Uh, it's for your garden. I mean, it's just, you can't ward water as good as a rain. And no. so, uh, so here's the biggest problem that most of us here in the Nashville area have had trouble with this year we ain't had no black spot because it's been too dry. What we've had is mildew problems. We've had mildew problems and spider mice, and that's what everybody's battling right now. Now, you always battle that a little bit, but when you have a dry condition, spider mites love that. And then the, I, I had something happen to me right before my uh, filming and for my open garden. It hadn't happened to me in 30 years. I had bought nine or 10 new rose varieties and planted them, got them from a greenhouse and planted them, and they were infected with downy mildew.
3: <gasps>
2: yeah. And downy is, is, is a lot worse than powdery mildew. And it's hard to get rid of. So I called one of my buddies, who's been growing for years and years. And I told him, I said, I've got this filming. And I've got this, you know, all the other roses were looking good. He said, This is what you do. You get them out of the ground right now.
1: That's what I did when I had it. I dug yeah,
2: them. He said, You go ahead and prune them up, spray them with, uh, uh, he gave me this lilac to spray them. And he said, uh, put them in, uh, what did he say? Put them in intensive care.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I said, all right. I was, it's good to know these guys that's been there. And he said, uh, go down to this nursery down in Nashville. It's called Bates Nursery, one of my favorite nurseries. He said, they just got some new roses in. You go down there and get some. It's just about ready to bud, that they're bud getting ready to open up. He said, then go to them places and plant them there, and it'll get you through your open garden and you film it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So after I got them cured and now, you know, downy mildew, I mean, it'll spread quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, like overnight.
1: A flash. It's yeah. a, I call it a flash.
2: Flash is the right word because what happened, I uh, uh, talked to the boy at the greenhouse and he felt so bad and see he, what happened. He developed the conditions in the greenhouse before I even got him. So I brought him home.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I had to protect the rest of my roses. But anyway, I got through there. You know, there you go. There I learned something, how to do something else. But I was in a panic mode, and some of our men members had the same problem with the downy mildew. So that's what we've been, the powdery downy mildew and the spider mites is what we've been battling all spring. Uh, the thrips have been too bad, not like they have in the past. But these dry conditions, nobody has had black spot. Can you believe that?
1: I have only a little. You know, we've been so humid here, but boy, not to have black spot that's a bonus.
2: Well, that's, yeah, that's our number one enemy most of the time with roses. But uh, now I'm still doing the preventive spraying and uh, every two weeks and uh, no matter what's happening. But, uh, you know, I remember I I met some people years ago that used to grow roses down uh, in southern Texas and, uh alabama and georgia and and mississippi and they they don't try when it gets real hot down there they don't really try they keep their roses alive of course but they don't worry about getting getting flower getting cuttings because you know it's just in them conditions it's hard to have uh you know a nice roses because they they just don't produce i mean uh i'll have some roses out here but they, i took a bouquet to that uh uh, a presentation I had yesterday, and I that you know, the roses they thought they were wonderful, but <laughs> I told them, I said, These are half the size they're supposed to be. Yeah, then then I told them why, and uh, and it's logical. I mean, the buds up, I mean, they develop quick and they open quick, they don't have time enough on the plant to get bigger. And uh, and then granular fertilizer, I tell all the new members not to, to use granular fertilizer during heat. And, of course, what I've been doing, and I'm starting tomorrow, I'm starting another regimen of it, is liquid. Mm-hmm. And liquid's best in dry conditions. And uh, the granular's not. Organics is all right, but organics is slow releasing. And so, but uh, but anyway, so that's that's one of the things. And then, you know, the other thing is choose the right roses. I think, you know, a lot of times we plant roses and uh, I move roses around a lot. And sometimes I move them to a place of the garden. They do better because mm-hmm. of, you know, just the location and all. And then, of course, I'm I'm six three, so I like raised beds because they're easier to work on. Uh, time we get to the fall, I can just about stand up and deadhead my roses. <laughs> you know,
1: that's great. Yeah. Do You know, all these problems we're having in the heat this fall, that's going to make those big, beautiful blooms all the better. Now, You're Ron, right. I want to go back just for a second. Okay. And you said I'm going to start with liquid fertilizer. Yeah, well, tell tell give a couple of tips on using a liquid fertilizer successfully.
2: Sure. Sure. I like, uh, I use easy feed by Beatty fertilizer made right here in Tennessee, in Cleveland, Tennessee. And, uh, I've been using it for years. I love it. It's an organic liquid fertilizer.
1: I do too. I love don't, it. don't smell
2: too good, but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what I used to recommend it to people and it's one tablespoon per gallon of water. You got to shake it up real good before you use it. And people would use, would, uh, i Kind of I clarify this now when I tell them to use it before you apply any liquid fertilizer uh, in the ground uh not necessarily in a container uh, which that's all I use in my containers is liquid
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh what i what i tell them to do is water the ground first around the plant because what happened when it's dry, especially now when it dried the the uh if you tuck and put mixture uh, Mixture, your up a couple of gallons and, uh, and put around each, each of your plants, it'll run away from the plant.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: If you water it first, it'll soak in. Mm-hmm. If you water it after, you'll dilute it. Yeah. <laughs> so always water it first and then come back uh, and mix your liquid and put it in there after you water it. Then it'll soak right in and get to the roots. I always say liquid fertilizer it's like us going and getting a shot. Uh, we go get a shot for whatever's wrong with us or whatever, and it gets right in our system. Mm-hmm. And that's what liquid does. I love liquid fertilizer in the summertime. I love it right before a open garden. I love it right before a show. And uh, so and uh, we got members, that's all they use. They may oh. have 10 or 15 roses, and they just use the liquid. Now, they keep their pH right. They'll do that. But they, they use liquid fertilizer, and a lot of them use the Easy Feed by baby Fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And there's some other good ones. We have one guy, he uses miracle Grow. And I swear he's got the prettiest roses you ever seen. <laughs>
1: there you go.
2: Yeah, there you go. So but but uh but if you water them first and then then put your liquid around, it'll run, it'll soak. Other words, it just opens up the ground for the for the liquid fertilizer to get to it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't if you just go out there, I've had people call me and say, Well, I went out there, did it run plumb off on my sidewalk or whatever. Yeah. I said, Well, no, you you need to wet that ground first and then put it around it. And uh, but but I really like liquid and liquid is kind of the savior right now with our roses through this heat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
1: Absolutely. OK, let's talk about your favorites. What are your favorite all time roses?
2: Boy, uh, uh, Teresa, that is tough, isn't it?
1: Give me about three. Give me about three. You know what,
2: what, what I heard somebody say one time, I read this in the American Rose Society. My favorite rose is what's blooming today. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I always say that. Or you, you ought to see my garden yesterday. <laughs> but but anyway, you know, when I started out growing, I only had – I remember the guy that mentioned me, John Curtis, he he, got, he took me and bought me three roses, and I, I, I never forget this. And, and you probably grew all three of these, and uh, I grow them today, and some of them I have two or three of. But uh, uh, he picked out three roses for me. He picked out a Mr. Lincoln, very fragrant, a unbelievable red rose, uh, double Delight. light. I love the color and love the fragrance. And then uh, he, he picked me out a Peace Rose. And that's the three I started with. That's what got me hooked. They were all three hybrid tees. And I guess I just jumped right in, you know, and didn't grow shrubs or minute nothing else. I just scrubbed them. But I enjoyed them. Uh I still grow them today. So I, I would say my favorite roses that I love in the garden that I probably recommend to a lot of people. I'll, I still love Double the Light. I just love mm-hmm. that rose. And then uh I love Moonstone moonstone to me is uh just a beautiful show rose but it's a beautiful rose to put in the vase. uh you give one to people they say man that looks like a floral rose and i said well it's it's just a great hybrid tea high rated 8.3 8.4 uh and then this shrub that i can't believe in the last since i've been in this garden i probably turned no telling probably 50 people onto this rose and every time i give it to them uh, you got to order it, and every time I give it to them, they'll call me back in a year and say, "Man, I love this rose." And that's quietness. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a shrub rose, rated high. Also, uh, you can get it from Antique Rose Emporium, and and they'll send it to you. Francine said, I I order them, and they'll come in here, and they're little old bitty things. And she said, "Oh my gosh," she said, "That ain't that that thing ain't gonna do no good until the next year."
3: Yeah. And,
2: and it looks like a hybrid tea. I
3: mean, oh, it's
2: so I beautiful. It's, I think it's misclassified, uh, but I've won in shows with it in the shrub, shrub division and uh, just blow everybody else away. But but it but it's but I love that rose. It's a beautiful pink. It repeats bloom. It's it it's per, I mean it's pretty disease resistant. I don't even think yeah. I can even spray that rose. But them three roses, <laughs> I love them three. But but there's other roses. If you said, "What's your favorite climber? What's your favorite miniature?" I could give you them also.
1: Well, let's just talk about quietness for a minute more because I think every rose garden needs quietness. It's just like the perfect pink rose. But Roses Unlimited has a good collection of the Buck Roses, and so she's not really online that much for orders. She does have a website, but if you call Roses Unlimited, um, Pat's probably got quietness. She's actually the one who named that rose. So it's Pat Henry of Roses Unlimited. So a shout-out to Pat because... Um, that's a very special rose to her and she usually has it in stock if anyone's trying to find it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I ordered from Antique Import cause I've used them a lot on some of my yeah. projects. They're great. And, uh, they always send me good, healthy plants and, and I usually give, I'll get an extra five or six of them, give them away to, uh, uh, new, new, new members and, yeah. uh, as a starter rose. And, uh, and so, uh, I, I think it's, uh, don't get no credit. I just don't think it does. And, uh, and-
1: I, I'll tell you a story um, about quietness. We, we got new neighbors right as COVID lockdown is happening.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, our neighbors had um, two little children, two little girls and one uh, baby on the way. Right. And so you're trying to get to know people. And she had heard through the grapevine that I had a rose garden. And so she sent me a text or caught me on Facebook or something and said, My little girl, who is going to turn four, I think, three or four, wants a rose. She wants a rose bush. You know, I'm not sure how she even knew about a rose bush, but she wanted a pink rose
3: bush. There you
1: go. So um, she said, Can you help me? And I thought, Well, quietness was the first thing that came to mind. It's almost thornless, it's, yeah. it's just pretty, pretty pink, fragrant, all the good things you want to teach someone about a rose. So I said, let me, let me get on this and see what I can do. And here our world is going crazy. So, um, I found the rose and might've been, I'm not sure where I actually did find it. It might've been high country roses, but I found it a little tiny rose came. So, um, I babied it, you know, got it as big as I could. And then uh, when my roses bloomed, I had them come over. Everybody was very socially distanced. But I had her come over and see the rose bush in my garden, picked her roses to take. And I said, believe it or not, this little shrub's going to do this for you. And so they're constantly getting back with me, telling me, oh, we picked our last roses for the season to take to the teacher or whatever. But for some reason, this little three-year-old girl wanted a real rose bush that had real pink roses. And so I was able to share quietness and was the perfect rose to share with her.
2: Absolutely. You know, all them book roses are unbelievable too. I don't think he ever got enough credit during his time. And, uh, but you know, uh, that carefree beauty, you know, we, we recommend that to new people, a uh, new, uh, 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 rose growers. And, uh, you know, that that's always in constant bloom. I don't know if you grow one,
1: I but, don't. And I, the pictures I see of it, I always think, why don't I have this rose? Because the uh, pictures are just outstanding.
2: I have one in my garden, but we have two of them at the Rose Study Garden at Cheekwood. And people, and they're, they're huge. I mean, we cut them back every year, but they just get so big and they're in constant flower. And uh, but it's and, and, and just uh, a great, buck roses, like I said, just about every one I've ever grew I, I've liked.
1: Mm-hmm. They're they're outstanding and just yeah. such
2: a just good story. You got to realize most people like whiteness. Most people that you know, you can't go to your local nursery and buy them.
1: No, I and, wish you could, but you
2: yeah. can't. I mean, if I was a, a, you know, I'm not in the nursery business, but uh, I tried some of our local ones. That they, they'll call me some and I'll recommend some roses, but they will not see. They want to order roses that that are blooming. Yeah, and that's what sells. And they—if you order uh, quietness from Antique Rose Emporium or Roses Unlimited—they're going to come in a two-gallon pot. Yeah, and they're going to be small, and people are not going to see what we know about how it's going to grow. Yeah, but but uh, there's a lot of roses out there that people never see, and because mm-hmm. or never turned on to, and that's what I try to do. I try to find roses that that uh, that people don't know a lot about that are great roses, and I do what you do. I said, come to my open garden. I'll show you. I <laughs> Absolutely. Have, I have three quietnesses in my garden. That's how much I like them.
1: I used to have seven. Wow. Now I have four. I've wow. given them away uh, yeah. to people. But um, yeah, I have I've had seven seven or eight at my top. I'm just crazy about it. It's great. Absolutely. It's great to plant mass. Um, my garden's getting too tight to plant anything in there. Yeah, that. yeah. I just still, speaking of too tight, I mean, seriously, so many new roses are being released. I mean, yes. some really good ones. So wh- what do you think about those? What well, are your
2: favorites? We're getting, we're getting a lot of our roses now for our uh, our annual uh, rose sale that we have in the National Rose Society. We're getting them from Certified. And I think you probably talked to some people at Certified through Rose Chat, hadn't yep, you? Yep, yep, Francis. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, great people. And uh, I like a lot of the roses and all. So what I try to do every year, and I did it this year, I try to find two or three roses. And I'm lucky because a certified rep uh, will come by this. Uh, we have a, 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 used to be a potter, but he still comes by. He still gets some roses and pots them. And he'll come by uh, the greenhouse. And the guy at the greenhouse, Jeff Smith at S&W Greenhouse, will call me and say, hey, he's going to be up here about 2 o'clock.
3: Uh-huh. And
2: so I get to go up there and pick his brain. And I said, tell me three roses that I can grow this year that are new that I can recommend to people. And he said, well, I'm going to give you more than three, but you pick out what you want. So they had one that I, I, I seen it in the catalog and I thought, well, uh, you know, I couldn't tell that much about it. And, and so he told me more about it. But it's, it's called Roxanne Veranda. And it's a floribunda. So they try to classify it as a shrub, but it, I think it's technically a floribunda. But it only grows about two foot tall. And it's great. He said, it's great in containers. So I put, I, I got two of them and I planted them in entrance into, into my garden. So when I had my open garden, they were blooming. And I sent you a picture of them.
3: Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. Um, and they don't get no bigger, uh, get about two foot. And they, they did, they bloom kind of in clusters. They kind of have that old fashioned look bloom, almost like, not like a David Austin, but similar. <laughs> and uh, so I got me two of them. And I'm loving it so far. I mean, I, I'm on, He wants me to kind of give him a report on. They're not rated yet, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're brand new. And then the second one, uh, and that's a beautiful deep red, that Ro- Roxanne uh, Miranda. And then the second one, I don't know if you grow this. I, you may have been. I, I think you were involved with the Miracle on the Hudson at, at, at the Biltmore. Yep.
3: yep when it was rated
2: back of uh, what 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh so I love that rose. In fact, you and Chris turned me on to that rose. Mm-hmm. I bought one the first year they come out, and I have a couple of them here. One in my landscape, and it just does unbelievable.
1: And the and, blooms are like velvet.
2: They are, they are. And then, and then, so he he showed me. He said, "We're coming out with one this year. It's a coral miracle." And I said, "A coral?" And he showed me the picture of it and it had the catalog. And all, and he put it up on his laptop. I said, man, that is beautiful. You know, and coral color is very popular anyway. People Oh, it's want coral. so.
1: It is the trend for sure.
2: So I, I ended up getting four of them. <laughs> but what I did, I had a couple people that wanted one, and he only ordered, he only got 10. He'll have more next year because they're new. Mm-hmm. And I sent you a picture of that. One of them was the it tag, was and the other was pictured. So uh, I love that one. Of course, that's a shrub. And, you know, last year they had the pink one. They got red, uh, the red original uh, mm-hmm. here on the Hudson, the pink miracle last year, and then the coral miracle this year they introduced it. Uh, they'll have a lot of them next year probably. So I love that one. So he showed me this other picture, of another floribunda. It almost looked like a, I mean, it, it didn't look like a modern rose at all. And it's called Dancing in the Dark. It's a dark red kind of ruffled, petals and it's a floor abundance. So I put, I have a section out here where I have nothing, but I call it my shrub garden. I have David Austin. I have, uh, uh, you know, of course, the miracle on the Hudson's mm-hmm. uh, carefree beauty. Uh, 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 basically that's about the kind of, so I planted it out there because, uh, he, he said it, that they were deciding that they, they may even, uh, it may be classified as a shrub, but they, he was calling it a floor abundant. So that Dancing in the Dark, it's a deep red, gets three or four uh, foot tall, has a mild fragrance. Uh, one thing about the Coral Miracle, it's a double bu- double blossom type mm-hmm. flower. It's a little bit bigger than the, the original Red Miracle on the Hudson. So them three right there, uh, I'm growing them uh, in the ground, and I'm also growing them in pots to see how well they do. And uh, so I look forward to giving them a – uh, a rating, you know, and mm-hmm. we fill out our forms at the end of the year, with being, you know, being a consulting rosarian and all. So, so I enjoy, I try every year to grow two or three roses that are, are new out mm-hmm. there, but I've really, uh, here in the last two or three years, we, we used to do a lot of weeks roses and, uh, but I'm getting where I really like these certified roses.
1: Mm-hmm. I've been I've been doing some testing of the different roses, and I just think some of the new ones are really, really going to they're going to hit the mark of being what I use in my garden are mostly shrubs. I want beautiful blooms. Fragrances is, you know, I do enjoy it, but they don't have to be fragrant, but I do want them to be as easy care as possible. So and lots and lots of blooms. And boy, that's what I'm seeing out of some of these new roses. And the good news is that they are available. Some of our very favorites, we were talking about, it's a little bit harder to get them because the garden centers and the big box stores are going for the new releases. Yes. And and there's a lot, a lot of excitement. I mean, there's at our box stores, we saw some beautiful roses come through. I actually did a post about it when I first saw them come in. I went back in a couple of days to get some for myself, and they were gone so word of mouth does work
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and the I roses are really, there's some really nice ones.
2: Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of roses this year in general. Uh, after talking to the week's rep and you know, they didn't have as many uh, and you know, with there, some strange things have happened too. I don't know if you run into this, I did. Uh, well, we did the National Rose Society, even through our rose sale. What happened during the pandemic, uh, 20 and 2021, when they harvest roses out in California and Southern Texas and Arizona, when they harvest the roses, they brought a lot of the staff from the office into the fields. Now they wasn't doing a whole lot of physical work, but they doing the organization work and what happened, they they mislabeled a lot of the roses. So we had members say, you know, this is not a Mr. Lincoln, this yellow, this rose is yellow. (laughs) And it was, it was kind of aggravating. And it really wasn't the potter's fault because they sent him, you know, they were tagged, you know, so there was a lot of that this year, but that was because of the labor. And then uh, they just, you know, they were short when they, when they harvest, they didn't have enough people and they didn't. uh, And and then weeks didn't grow as many roses. They didn't harvest as many. And uh, for years and years, we've always got them for our rose uh, uh, sales and stuff for the members So, you know, uh, that's just the cause and effect of the virus, which is still going on in a lot of areas and everybody's business and my construction business. We're still having a hard time getting what we need, you know? So, but we're not alone and God knows what's going to happen on down the road, but we'll handle it.
1: We will. We would definitely will. Um, we're seeing uh, empty shelves again in our grocery stores and that sort of thing. So, you know, we have, we all just have to have a spirit of grace for the people Um, I thought the guy from David Austin um, two years ago told it so well. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember who. I think it might've been their, their lead guy that was on Instagram and he did these great videos where he took you behind the scenes during that time, did a very good job. But one of the things that came out of that, and I'm not sure it was David Austin, but one of the groups said, you know, because of social distancing, even our workers, we can't have all of our workers in the field. Yeah. So they had to erect separate, you know, bathrooms. Only so many people could could be um, using the the different facilities. So it just takes a while to catch up. And um and then you know we know there's been a bit of a crisis with um with help for people. But you know all of us um have been changed by this, and so um. You know, people are working hard, but it is hard to recover quickly Absolutely. when you have to mass produce so many things. So
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I got one of those mislabeled rose. It is an absolutely beautiful rose. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. Oh. Um, it is a red, it's very fragrant. I thought it was going to be Tropicana. It was one of the bagged roses. Oh. And uh I just decided, oh, I need Tropicana again. So, but it isn't. But I love this rose. It's in a it's in a container. All of my bagged roses got put in containers. Fragrant Cloud and and um a few others that I kind of had missed I'd had many years ago and I've kind of missed them but boy I'd love to know what this is I'm going to have to do some investigating to see well, this Mr. Take Lincoln. Some pictures
2: of, take some pictures of the plant and the flower yeah. and I and the leaf and I guarantee you in in the rose world as you well really know <laughs> there's somebody out there can identify that
1: Yeah I'm 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 on it I'm on it but it's a great rose it's great in the container so you know it was a happy mishap
2: Yeah sometimes it's good enough to know their name <laughs>
1: Well, Ron, I'm going to ask you one more thing. You're one of the right. busiest guys I know. Any new projects coming up? You've had some pretty big projects the last well, few years. You know, when
2: I last talked to you, uh, the Tennessee Titans was going to do one. And we got right down to doing it, and uh, they decided not to. I said, well, he said, we may do it later. And I said, well, I've got all the work done on it. You guys get ready for it. We'll put it into action. But this spring, I went to uh, I went up in Kentucky, uh, up in Owensboro, which is about 70 something miles from me here. And I was asked to come up to speak to the master gardeners and two other garden groups. And so I went up and the lady said, if you don't mind, after you speak and do your presentation, I want you to come over here and look at our, uh, at the Western Kentucky Botanical Garden Rose Garden. I said, we're having some problems. I said, well, I'll be glad to. And she said, we're going to, we're going to feed you. Don't worry about that. And, uh, you know how gardeners are about food. And then, uh, I said, cool. And so I'm up here. I might as well go up there. So I got through about, uh, I spoke about 10 o'clock and I was through, we were through about 12, 1230. And so we ate lunch and we all, about 10 of them drove over there to the site. Uh, the, the, the site was a historic site. I didn't realize, uh, it was called the Weberberry home. Uh, it had changed hands two or three times, but the house was built in 1840. And they had turned it into a, a, a botanical garden. It was kind of a Greek revival style house. And uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, the house itself had been been several people lived there. At one time, the Weather Bureau had a Weber station there, <laughs> believe it or not. So it had a lot of history behind it. And so they had just redid this old, this rose original old, uh, rose garden that was there back in the 1800s. And so they took me over there, and the hardscape was unbelievable. I mean, what they'd done, they had to spend a ton of money. It, and then they had a huge fountain in the middle, and it was, in, it was a circular garden in four, in, four, in four quarters. And it was just, I mean, if you're going to build one public garden, this, was, this is it.
3: Ooh.
2: Well, they were so upset. They said, you know, we planted 200-something roses here, and half of them are dead. I said, you got to be kidding. And so they had a list of the roses they planted. And I'm thinking, you know, most of these, some of them are garden roses. I said, they just don't die. I mean, they're tougher nails. They they had a water system. I mean, they were, you know. And come to find out, I I told them, I said, uh, y'all got a shovel? And they said, yeah, we'll find you a shovel. So they found me a shovel. And I went out there and dug. And Teresa, they spent all this money on this hardscape and redoing this garden, and spent nothing on improving the soil, oh, dear. and the soil, we tested it, and it was terrible, I mean, it you, you couldn't grow weeds in it, I mean, it was awful, and uh, I dug up a plant, and the I mean, it, it, they just could not believe it, and a lot of these people that were with me didn't have much input into They just took it over as a master gardener project.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so I said, guys, I said, you got a beautiful hardscape here. Half these roses are dead. They didn't think there was dead until I showed them. And I said, uh, something's got, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I said, I'm not the architect here. I'm not the person that designed this. And I don't know any of the background, but let me tell you something. They missed the best part, the most important part, the soil. And, so I I said, send me a s- somatic of it. I'll figure how much soil you need to improve what you've got. So I helped them through it, and they went in there, uh, I think, in April and uh, took out the old Kentucky clay, <laughs> and and they uh, made a little bit of a raised bed, and they uh, had to replant. So wow. I turned them on to antique Rose and Pouring because they wanted a lot of the old garden of the era. Yeah. And I gave them a list of of what they would have been growing back in them days and uh, at antebellum homes and stuff. And so uh, they got it back going the right direction. But it was one of the things I talked about earlier about my garden. One of my other than location, it was important that I had the right soil out here. Mm -hmm. And that's, can you imagine? It is no telling how many thousands of dollars they spent and did not spend anything on the soil.
1: (laughs) Just didn't have Ron to tell them about that good no, soil.
2: And I mean, it just it, to me, I, I couldn't believe it. And they was telling me how many thousands of dollars. If you've seen this, I'll send you some pictures. of you'll say, "Man, this this what a sight! I mm-hmm. mean, unbelievable." <laughs> but uh, they got it going. Uh, uh, they they uh, I corresponded with them, and I gave them a game plan. And uh, I never I hadn't been back up there because they took pictures of what they'd done. And emailed them to me, but I gave them a game plan and I'd be darned if they didn't follow it to a T, they raised the money. They oh. ended up raising forty, fifty thousand dollars. Some donor gave them money to replace the soil and and because was gonna be a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, they had to go back in there and protect what's already been done, you know, the hardscape and all. And so but anyway, you just you think you think people would think about that first when you grow something. <laughs> But, you know, they could have not even had none of that hardscape and put good soil in that and had a nice rose garden.
1: <laughs> there you go. But, yep. It just always gets back to the dirt. You know, I'm a big does. believer in dirt. I love dirt. I love yeah. the soil. It's hard for me to wear gloves. I know that I should. Yeah. But uh, just something about the soil. There's just magic in it when you get it right.
2: Right. So well, they got it going in the right direction. So that's been my project this year. It's been real rewarding because it's real when, when you give somebody a plan and they follow it, Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of rewarding because you know I told him I said y'all get some more input I mean on this he said Mr. Daniels said nobody's told us to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> I said well I'm telling you right now you'll see a big difference especially mm-hmm. when you get on to into the summer and next spring yeah. so I gave him a, a maintenance plan I gave him a fertilization plan and uh, and they it's about fifteen master gardeners that take care of it and that's their project that's how they get their their hours yearly. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them are turning into pretty good rosarians. That's great.
1: See, yeah. you have such good news.
2: They're yeah. Always I mean, inspiring. That's exciting when you know, because I've done several of these. So it, they asked me, say, Have you ever done one of these? I said, Yeah, I've done around the middle of Tennessee, I Belmont College. I, I mean, uh, a couple of the antebellum homes around. I've helped them restore the gardens. I said, uh, I love doing it. And I said, You guys. You guys are going to, I mean, and they couldn't believe the results. Of course, they got new plants. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said we had a hard time digging up them old ones because, you know, they were good. I mean, they seen the names of them. They were great roses. Roses me and you grow. Yeah. And so so that's been my project so far this, this year. And uh, uh, I've, I've enjoyed doing, doing that up there. And I, I never would dream I'd go up to Owensboro, Kentucky and do this. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, but, you know, they asked me, uh, one of them come down to my open garden. And he said, will you come up and speak to us? He said, we'll pay all your expenses. And, and, and that's, that's an issue right now. You know, I, I spoke yesterday and they, they wouldn't let me leave there unless they gave me gas money. Oh,
1: see, yeah. it's a good world. The yeah, rose world's absolutely. a good world. Absolutely. It's a good world. Well, Ron, we've run out of time. Can you believe it?
2: Yeah, I know. I know. It goes by fast.
1: (laughs) It goes by fast. Thank you for all the tips. Thank you for all the inspiration. Thank you for all the great work. And we can't wait for the PBS special. Well, friends, I hope you found some garden inspiration today. I sure did. And until next time, happy gardening.
0: You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag #RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.